Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Hello, everyone. My name is David Reed, and welcome to episode 153 of Dial of the Gates. Thank you for tuning in and being with us. I hope uh, for the Americans watching, I hope your Thanksgiving was good. Uh, we have Martin Wood, producer, director of Stargate in pretty much all of its iterations uh, with us here for uh, another episode. We're going to focus on more of the uh, some of the more technically uh, technical episodes in particular some of the the more amazing uh things that they that they pulled off visually uh in both in camera and with visual effects uh before we get started if you enjoy stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean uh, a great deal if you click that like button. It helps with uh, the show's uh, audience and will help it continue to grow. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click that subscribe icon. And giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next uh, few weeks on the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net uh, YouTube channels. Since this is a live episode of Dial the Gate and not pre-recorded, Martin is with me now. So if you are joining us in YouTube chat and you see uh, you have a question that you'd like to ask Martin, go ahead and submit it to the moderators there and they will get it uh, to me on the back end. And in the second half of the show, I will be uh, uh, turning the show over to those uh, questions. So without further ado... Producer, director, Martin Wood. Sir, it is always a pleasure to have you. You are so insightful and are so uh, key to everything that happened uh, to make this this uh, this franchise possible. So I am grateful to have some you back. Point, David, at some point, I will figure out who's been paying you to say those things. <laughs> you will stop it's, that. It's my heart. It's, it's straight from my heart. <laughs> so I'll, always a treat, sir. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you so much. So how are, how are, um, how is, uh, uh, you're, you're continuing with Virgin River and, uh, yeah, just the fifth season of it and did a couple of massive shows in it this time. The, the, the mid shows, the midpoint shows, number five and six are always a bit bigger than the rest. And, uh, this year was absolutely no exception. Okay. I've never seen it, Martin. Pitch me Virgin River. Pitch me this this show because we we discuss it. It's like, oh, you know, I need to sit down and I need to watch this because well, I know that it. the caliber of the talent is great in it. Um, for the Stargate fans uh, who love your work, what what give us a real good reason to sink our teeth into this besides the fact that that you know one of our favorite directors is involved. Oh, well, I mean, Terrell's involved. Terrell Roth That's is involved. right. Uh, Colin uh, is involved. Um, who else have we got that's, uh, that's Stargate based? Um, oh, we're, we, it's based, uh, one of the standing sets is the MacGyver cabin is, is, uh, oh, that's sorry, right. is, uh Richard's cabin. And, uh, and that's, a, that's one of the standing, that's one of the hero sets for us in wow. this. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's got, uh, it's, it's, uh, Tim Matheson, Annette O'Toole, um, and uh, and uh, Alexander Breckenridge and uh, Martin, who uh, they're, they're it's a wonderful cast. It's a great cast. The, the weird thing about it is the way that I, I pitch people on it is to say this is one of those shows that that when I was doing Stargate, <clears throat> there was a lot of recognition of the name Stargate when I was uh, when I was dealing with sci-fi fans and things. Like and I'd go out into uh, you know wandering around in the, in the states at different places. And I'd hear it and when I went to Germany, people went crazy about it. You know, it oh, it's crazy those... in Europe. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and uh, um, so I had lots of, of uh, recognition of that kind of stuff. I've never done a show where I've had this much recognition of uh, a title. And it's the weirdest thing because it's one of those shows that, that and truthfully, it, it's one of those things that sort of came out of nowhere. We were all doing the show and we're all going, oh, 
this is okay. This is fun. You know, it's it's not a hard show to do. It's 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 uh, easy on the on the the crew. It doesn't uh, have a lot of stunts. It doesn't have a lot of that kind of stuff. So we we you know we put it together and it went out for the first year. And then uh, when Netflix released it, it suddenly it took off and everyone it it did what it took off and uh and i remember the one day i i came into uh we were doing season two and the the showrunner suteni came down and said um howard stern wants to know what we're doing in season two (laughs) howard stern you captured the cultural zeitgeist. This is not that kind of show. This, yeah. this is not something he was. But he and his wife loved the show, I guess, and yeah. wanted to know more about this, this upcoming season and things. So it's one of those things that a lot of people talk to me about. Um, uh, a lot of people talk to me about is a Virgin River fan at the door right now. Um, <laughs> but they, they come up to me and, and they recognize Virgin River. When you say, what are you doing? And I'm working on Virgin River. Oh my gosh. And everybody says the same thing. They always go, my wife loves that show. And then there's a beat and they go, can you tell me about Jack's bar? I'm not sure about that. You know, whether like, is it, is it really that big? And, and you're going, wait a minute, you watch the show too. What are you talking about? Your wife likes the show. So it's one of those shows that a lot of people like. So in pitching it, I, I would say it's one of those crazy shows that has these insane numbers. It kicked the crown out of first place. On Netflix wow! When we launched the season that, that last year, you know, I I throw my parents in front of a in in front of a lot of television that I'm like, you know, I don't have a lot of time for this right now, but but mm-hmm. you guys go and try it. What you're describing, I hear a lot of of that around. This is us. It is. It was originally pitched to me like, uh, "This is us," and it is very much along those lines. Um, it isn't as heavily dramatic yeah, uh, yeah. some days, but there are, I mean, it's, 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 there's more conflict than a Hallmark movie. Okay. But way more conflict than a Hallmark series or a Hallmark movie or anything like that. It's not, that's not the, 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 what it is, but it is that kind of thing where you can turn it on and you won't wince. You won't, you yeah. won't, you know, you don't have to turn the volume down around the kids. You don't have to, it's, it's, it's very much soup. a family um, show. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have them watch it. And then I'm going to start yeah, watching it. Oh, absolutely. It's something you can, <laughs> you can recommend it to anybody and not have them come back and go, what a terrible show. Cause nobody's ever yeah. done that. Okay. That's, that's great to be a part of, you know, to be, um, it, it dub, tell me a little bit about double life. So double life, I, I got uh, given a thriller to do this year and, um, and it was really interesting cause it came down um, with, uh, I, I got five scripts and okay. I was asked, which one of these do you want to do as a thriller? Because we'd like you to do a thriller. This is Paramount. And I went, wow. That's great. It was, yeah, it was, it was a, um, a cornucopia. So I sifted through the scripts and I found uh, the one double life that I really, really liked. And I could see the movie when I read it. Uh, it's, it's, um, uh, it's A, very well written, but also B, very visual. One that you okay. can see. Okay. Um, and then we cast it, and we cast uh, Nalmater, um, uh, uh, Javicia Leslie, uh, who you may know from Batwoman. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, and then we we cast Trisha Helfer. <laughs> I think Aaron and, Douglas as well. Well, uh, yeah, yes, we did. I mean, Aaron's in a lot of the stuff I do. I just I always bring Aaron in and and right. do. <laughs> He's he came to Guam with me to do uh to do Operation, Operation Christmas Drop. <laughs> um, uh so yeah, we cast uh we cast that the weekend before we started shooting, Trisha and I had been talking back and forth, back and forth. She called and I thought this was gonna be her I'm getting on a plane call. And it was her I've just blown my ACL and my knee out coming in my front door. And I went, Are you kidding, Trisha? She goes, no. And she was in tears. And she's like, I really want to do this movie. I really want to do this movie. And I'm going, this is a running jump. This is a this is a crazy running jump. This this movie. And we both agreed that she probably couldn't do it. And and it was that was such a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, So I had three days or shut down to find somebody else. And I I called Pascal Hutton. Um, uh, Pascal and I have done uh, any number of series together. (laughs) 
uh, three series together. And, uh, and um, uh, the last time we did action together, big action, other than we did some on Sanctuary, but mm-hmm. uh, on, on um, uh, Arctic Air, we did some big drama stuff with her, big, big action stuff with her. And I called and said, hey, what are you doing Monday? <laughs> and, wow. How'd you like to be the second lead in this movie? And she did. And she learned the script and came in and she and Javicia killed this movie. It was, it's so good. And the movie is about uh, a, uh, it starts with, with uh, um, Niall meeting um, uh, the bartender at a bar uh, and asking her what she's doing afterwards. And then you realize they, they go to her house and you realize they're lovers. And then Niall gets in his car uh, says goodnight to her and calls his wife. And, Jeez. Uh, yeah. And on the way home, gets killed. Oh, and, God. Yeah. And it's about Pascal, the wife, and Javicia accidentally bumping into each other. Uh, Javicia goes to his funeral and hides and, and uh, sees the, She didn't know he had a wife. And then the two of them come together uh, quite innocuously. And from that point on, it's a secret for a long time that Javicia was with him, but they are looking for the person that murdered um, her husband. Wow! And uh, they get um, uh, they get embroiled in a whole series of things that happen to them because people realize there's somebody looking uh, in these wrong places, and so these two women are are um, shot at and chased and. Um, you know, and captured and all this kind of stuff in this thriller that goes back and forth. And it's, um, it was such a pleasure to work. Javisa Leslie is unbelievably talented, unbelievably talented. She did this incredible, um, um, just, just this incredible job in this movie. Um, uh, an amazing character and amazing, believably, uh, you know, um, as an action figure, she would make a great action figure. <laughs> did the same thing. They were both. They both did the action wonderfully, and uh, and uh, um, it comes out next year sometime. Um, it's finished. I did another movie called uh, Must Love Christmas, which is coming out very quickly with uh, yes, um, and uh, uh, Must Love Christmas was so much fun to do. Um, and uh, uh, it's one of those movies where you, you finish it and you go, oh, well, that was a pretty good movie. And then you get into an edit suite and you go, wow, this is a really good movie. And it's not a treacly Christmas movie. It's an it's a, a incredibly funny movie. Um, and uh, um, Romance novelist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Becomes involved in a love triangle between her childhood crush and a reporter determined to interview her to save his dying magazine. Do you recognize any of the names in there? Oh, Neil Bledsoe, I think. Neil Bledsoe was timeless. Ah, Simone. Yeah. Absolutely. I love Simone. BJ Harrison is in this project as well. BJ is in all my movies now. I just finished finished with her in a new limited series just, just like two days ago. You know, when you have people that that you know can deliver, you know why? Uh, uh, you know what? I I am a huge Sarah Strange. Fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sarah Strange Sarah too. Strange, yeah. yeah, you're a um, huge. You're a huge fan. I I love to work with people that I like to work with, and yeah. and I, in this case, I had never met uh, uh, Lisa Lapira, um, and she is unbelievably funny she is hysterical um and brought something to this movie she and neil together brought something to this movie that just it was so hilarious uh and it it shows up on the screen wow well this this is this is great you know i i had a con just just now got off with uh mike dopood and he was recycled a lot for 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 stargate and we had that conversation of you know where he wanted uh, you get you get certain actors that you know they're going to deliver for you. You know you know you're going to get exactly X, Y, and Z out of them. So you know might as well bring them in. Um, and then you get other situation like with Tom Macbeth where he wanted to come in for Atlantis, but was told mm-hmm. he told me he said that you're you're too recognizable. 
you know? Yeah. And so, and then, but then like Garwin Sanford, he can, he can pull it off as uh, both Nareem and then as Simon. So, but you know, sometimes you, you get additional projects and sometimes you don't. And that's just how it goes. Yeah. And it's true. It's, it's with long running series, especially it's tough because you start going through the, the Vancouver cast. Right. Fairly quickly. And, and there's been discussions about, well, they haven't been here since season three. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we can bring them in as somebody new. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's the thing, you know, Stargate started off when Vancouver's, you know, cast was, list was relatively small. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. Stargate and, and Sanctuary and all these, these shows, all these, like a lot of these CW shows and Battlestar are hugely responsible for helping to expand that industry up there. I, I went up in uh, uh, September. I, d- I didn't recognize the place. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. The number of people who are there now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just crazy. Well, must yeah, love Christmas. Better, yeah. So that's where where are we going to be able to see this? That's CBS, and that's it'll on be CBS very shortly, like in the next week or two, I think. Okay, yeah. and then I don't have a name for it, but uh, but yeah, uh, look for it on CBS. All right, and then the other project is going to have a short theatrical run. You said with Double Life. Double Life will have a short theatrical and uh, uh, limited the- uh, theaters that'll be released in, and then uh, yeah, it'll be on. Paramount Plus and possibly CBS as well. Perfect, that's great. Uh, you know, I it's 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 great to see you uh, continuing to uh, do what you love, and you yeah. know, be it's it's just so it's just so refreshing to see. You know, because we we hear all these stories about, especially right now with people you know being out of work left and right. If you know what you're doing and you can make a good product product and and bring it in uh in on time and under budget you're 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 golden so i think i think one of the things is is relationship as well and that's what we're talking about yeah. you know with actors and and uh, you know also with production companies and so that where you have a relationship with with people there um that know that you deliver and know that you deliver something that they uh, that they know and love right you know right. um and i mean knock on wood that i'm i'm able to keep doing it uh you know uh with back-to-back projects like this uh, because it's just, it's a passion I have that I've never lost. I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever I actually had a conversation with somebody the other day about, have you ever done a show you hated? And I, I've done shows w- where there was an element that I didn't particularly like about them. And, and I've, I've left shows because of that sometimes. Oh, okay. um, but, uh, but um, for the most part, I love directing. I love directing. Mm-hmm. Um and and uh, you know would direct traffic if if that was <laughs> there's something um, euphoric about it. And I had that conversation with you once about you know having a a game plan for something, and, and it's not because you're in control. It's that you know you're 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 watching this thing come together with with from disparate departments uh, to to create one piece of art. I'll tell you um, this project I just finished this limited series that I just finished. Um, uh, we were out on a street uh, with a slight incline to it, and uh, I had a woman walking toward us, a beautiful sunny day, walking toward us on the street uh, in conversation on her phone. And uh, I mean, it's fairly boring, but it is, you know, walking in, on a street. So there's a million different ways to shoot it. And um, she was far enough away that she could do the entire conversation between her where she started and where we were. So it's, you know, a, a, a block and a half, um, uh, you know, that she's walking. And there's two sides because we cut back and forth between her and the, the cop that she's talking to on the other end. And um, uh, so it doesn't have to be exciting. You know, it doesn't have to be an exciting shot. And normally what you would do is you'd put a camera on her and just pull it back and start walking with her. And occasionally what you do is you put a long lens at one end of the, the the thing and you zoom in all the way, you know, to 600 millimeters. And then you pull back pull as back. she walks back, you know, there's another way to do it. Or or you can do it from the side and follow her along from the side. Or you can do it. There's a million different ways to do it. As we're setting up this shot, um, I have done one pass where the dolly goes down with the camera on it. Um, the dolly is mounted on a thing called a black arm. And I think we may have talked about the black arm before, which is, I've been using a lot, which yes. is dolly with a, a rig underneath it that the camera operator is actually sitting beside me operating the camera. And the dolly operator is uh, the dolly. The dolly push is the one that's making the move with the camera. Um, uh, 
And the camera had gone. We'd, we'd done one where she walked up and it was good. It, it worked. I wanted to do another one. And so I sent the actor back to her number one position. And I was talking to the, uh, the dolly push for a second. And then I said, okay, head back. And he turned the wheels and he jumped on just like a scooter. And he pushed it forward and he jumped on. And uh, he's riding away from me. And I've seen dolly pushes do this before. But I looked at the monitor. And I saw this beautiful shot. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Bring it back. Bring it back. We're going to do it like this. So what happens, it's called a drive-by. And it's just literally she's standing here. And the camera's up here on this thing. And he just gets on. And it goes past her. And that's how the scene starts. And it's all because I just looked at the monitor while he was resetting the camera. And I thought, oh, this is great. That's the kind of thing I love doing. I love doing and in this this um, thing that I was doing, it had John C. McGinley, uh, Dennis Haysbert, Virginia Madsen. I mean, there's some unbelievable talent in this. John C. McGinley <laughs> comes up to me at, at this one thing. He says, says what are we going to do with this scene? Um, you know, because it's, it's really just he has to, he realizes he doesn't have power. He has to go all the way out into the driveway to find out why he doesn't have power. And then realizes <laughs> that his son has sabotaged the court a little bit. And, <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, wait do you see this. And I had a crane. I had all this stuff. I had all this stuff set up. And he's going, what do you need everything like this for? And then we did the shot. And he went, oh, my God. It's so, it's hysterical. Oh, it, starts, it. it starts on the, on the roof looking at a solar panel coming down on him when he realizes that it's it's out of power and then it's in a close up of his face when that happens and then the camera pulls all the way back through the the driveway out past three cars and then ends in a very tight close up of him looking inside this car window and uh um shots like that are what I direct for I I'd love to do those kind of things that are that when you're watching it all you're doing is following a piece of action you're not you wouldn't notice it as being a giant shot or anything like that but um, uh, it is so much fun to do those kind of things. There's so many different ways to tell a story. And that I think the, one of the things that would, would keep, if, if I were in your position, keep it fresh is to keep your eyes open for a different way to tell, you know, the sequence of the gal walking a block and a half talking to the cop on the phone. You know, we have the, you have to get that story across, but can you also get it across in a way that's interesting, but doesn't distract the audience from the plot? That would be the other yeah. thing, too. Let Let's me, not let go too it, far with this. Let me bring it back to Stargate for a second. OK. There was out of out of 70 odd episodes that I directed. There's one thing that I did all the time, which used to make people crazy. And that is boardroom scenes. <laughs> and the thing for me about boardroom scenes was consistently trying to find another way to do a boardroom scene. Yeah. Because I'd done hundreds of them. Yeah. And there's only so many places that you can shoot in that, in that one room. There's only so many places. So only so many ways you can look at it, you know? Um, and it culminated for me in the one scene I did. And I wish I could remember what episode it was. I, I, I literally can't. I remember what happened, but I don't remember what episode it was. And I remember thinking this the very first time I, when I did politics in the first season. With Ronnie Cox, yeah. Right. As what a, a heavy hitter. Not, literally, the whole thing was around, you know, was around a, a table. Yeah. Right? And a clip show at that. Yeah. And, and had to go back to it in 200 you know, when we were sitting around that table reading the script. And, um, but every episode had some boardroom scene in it for the most part, you know, and you had to think of a way to do it. And I remember walking in when the, the stage was dark once and I thought, oh man, what am I going to do with this? And I started looking at the scene and I thought, wait a second, I can start this scene in the gate room. I can bring it from the gate room into the control room, mm -hmm. up the stairs, into the uh, the briefing room, 
And then that's what I did the trick in the, in the briefing room. This is, and I, I may have told you the story before, but cutting the, the briefing room table in half. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this was the one where, where I had the, the carpentry uh, crew cut the table in half and put latches on it. Evil Kenny was there that day because I made him push the table back together. So what happens is if this is the table right here, starting at my fingers and ending at my elbow, um, we come up the stairs, up the, the wind about uh, running around stairs, come up like this, and then the table is pulled apart because I'm looking back this direction. Yes. The table is pulled apart. And I go through the part so that's open, camera like this, and then the camera turns around and goes the other way. And now I'm turning around. And while that's happening, uh, uh, set deck and props are pushing this back together and clipping it. And you go back like this and you see six people on, the, on this end of the table, <laughs> right? And you go like this and it's like you come back and he lands. And it's like, that's an impossible shot to make because it started in the gate room. It was all one shot all the way up until he sat down. Is this the scene where you went backwards up the stairs? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't me. It was Nathaniel Massey, who's a B camera. Uh, who okay. was our B Yes, he went backwards up the stairs. My gosh, that, those are narrow stairs. I'm gonna yes. have to to send that one uh, to the uh, the the forum if anyone can tell us what that episode was. So yeah. directed by Martin Wood, because I there are a couple of uh, of shots that I can think of that that did that, um, but I can't name the episodes either. And I remember your scene from Continuum where you went through downstairs. Yes. Um, yep. But yeah, did so was the briefing room the briefing room table? I sold that. I assumed it was always divided in two. Was it never? No, it you was separated all one that piece. for that episode. For that shot is why I separated it. I did not know. I thought it was in two for storage. No. No. Wow! It stayed in that stage, and I found it. I found that the the, uh, um, the briefing room table. It's the boardroom table. For when calls the heart, um, it is. Uh, for, for this for the uh, it's it's the boardroom table for in production. It's only in the production offices, but the table is in there. I'll be darned. Yeah, it's so iconic. I mean, there's. I mean, it's almost as iconic as the gate itself. You yeah. Know? Well, it, it's that's crazy. I did not know that. Wow. And then now we're going to be on the hunt for that scene. Yeah. <laughs> the number of times when we had to do things like that, and, and I mean. Um, again, trying to always think of something fun to do in there that was different, you know, like uh, in upgrades, um, yes. pushing Ganshay off the stairs. That was another one that was like, oh, this is much more difficult than it seems, but it, it's hilarious when you do it. Um, I remember, and I'm trying to think of what episode it was. Um, I went through the back wall once. And I know it made Brad Wright crazy when I did it because he goes, we don't go through walls. And I went, yeah, that was, was, wall. it was coming out of the elevator uh -huh. beside Hammond's office. Uh-huh. And I had the wall taken out. Um, that was the one that if you're sitting in Hammond's desk, you're looking at the wall over there. I had them yeah. pulled out back. And so what happens is as you come out of the, the uh, elevator uh -huh. and down that hall, you pass Hammond's office. So I'm looking into Hammond's office as we go past. And then I went through one of the pillars, the DEFCON pillar, the one that had DEFCON sign above uh -huh. it. I land on the uh, on the uh, landing of the stairs uh, with it, so it, it's an impossible shot. Like I didn't even go through a doorway with it; I just went all the way down that way. Because if you actually had the wall in, the camera would be right against the people that are walking. There's no way to physically do it. That's that. The things that you guys did with those that space and to evolve the spaces that went on. And one of the things that I've always meant to ask you folks, and I, it, it never occurs to me until, you know, it's too late. When we started the show, the, the base uh, screen in the briefing room set, there's a, there's a, a static display that's supposed to be uh, cameras looking throughout the base. Mm -hmm. Further into the show, you put monitors in there. Mm -hmm. Then you took them out. Why was that done? Because you actually upgraded it so that we had actual monitors in there and later did, reversed it. Yeah, I think we did it so that we could see what uh, what was happening in certain scenes. Uh, there was there was a reason to have monitors in there. Um, the reason to reverse it is because so much of the time 
you would have had different activity on those monitors that wasn't going to be on the monitors. Um, you know, if if uh, and and you would have to have updated the uh, the the okay. monitors and the security system in there to be able to do something because half the time it was just one or two people walking through and you know a bunch of stuff like that. In fact, one day I actually had some of the NORAD footage I had in there as well, so okay. you could see the front gate. You know, right. Um, uh, but yeah, it was always, it was whenever there was a state of emergency or something like that, you know, nobody'd be running in those scenes. That's nobody true too. Running. Yeah. It'd be, it's, it's, a, it's its own continuity thing, but I mean, in particular with Stargate, you have to kind of buy it. I mean, in Colorado Springs and Stargate, it never snows, you know, it's never winter. Right. Um, <laughs> that was always one of my, one of my issues with it. It's like, we need like some winners, but that you couldn't pigeonhole the show to a specific, a specific time and play a specific time, obviously a specific place. Uh, that's fascinating. Uh, the, uh, some of the stuff that you managed to, to pull off for the show still blows my mind. Like particular, a matter of time with the, with, uh, the black hole and the gravity, uh, that was an episode where you got to pull out so much of what we normally expect. The, the there's a cone uh, in the Stargate effect for the feature film, and mm-hmm. it it pulls it pulls the 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 wormhole kind of the the puddle back. Uh, and my understanding was that that effect was not added to the show because the set wasn't was too shallow behind right. the stargate but in yeah. this episode you actually managed to pull it off with an above uh, a camera above and also that right. whole sequence with Richard Dean Anderson and the actor who played Cromwell uh right. in that, sh- that tell us about that whole sequence so that that was one of those things where where when i sit down with it and Brad was always so much fun to do these with because he'd come in um uh and i remember with with uh, a couple of shows, he'd walk in and put the script in my desk and he'd go, read it. And I go, okay. And he goes, now. <laughs> you're done. And I knew it was something that he wanted to get some feedback on that was just so much fun. And it always was. It was like everything was, was these giant transitions, you know. Um, it, it, it's it's those those kind of transitions that you do um, in in shows where you actually get to move through time and space like a Stargate allows you to do. And, and you know, the first time I actually did the split screen from the side of the thing where you walk through one and you come through on the other side. Mm-hmm. What's fun is, is doing that split screen and having them walk through and they're not there, obviously. But then I've done it on the other hand where where without the wormhole. So it's literally what you would see without the wormhole. It would If you were looking on the, the, the uh, obliquely at the gate like this, you would see somebody go into this one and then you went and looked obliquely at the other gate. You'd see somebody come out on this one. Yeah. Um, that's uh, Jack goes to Adora from the SGC. I think that that's um, uh, shades of gray. Yes. What yeah. a cool effect. And um, I mean, shades of gray had it, it's a lot of uh, interesting effects for me in it. Um, but it's those kind of things where you start thinking about how to do something you do every week differently with that mm-hmm. um you'll remember how we did it with the marionettes as well um, <laughs> yeah the marionettes don't they don't last very long do they? Where, where you don't get to look up like that very often right. though, which is really interesting i mean that the fact that you could look up at that in that episode <laughs> the rafters with the... <laughs> into the uh um it came into the uh the gate room um uh you know that that was something you didn't get very often but when when you asked me about matter of time the hard part was getting them to climb across the gate room, obviously, you know, um, on, with the harness. And right. and uh, um, the way we did it, it, it's a very simple effect. It's take the camera and go like this with it and have them climb down a rope. Right. On a green screen. Right. Now, the tough part, of course, is they have to be face down. Or they have to be going up the rope like this with Jumars. Right. So it's, it's, that was the harder part of that. But, um, and honestly, then you just take the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the scene with them climbing this way and turn it like that. And now they're climbing towards the, uh, uh, towards the, the world control room. Oh yeah. In that case. Right. Yeah. Um, did you fake any of those shots where like, like the shot of the, um, <clears throat> of the bomb, like, did you, did you manage to get anything actually on its side or was everything, 
everything green screen for that. Were there any tight shots that you were able to pull off? No, I think everything had to be. Yeah, for, if once gravity started to affect the game, right. room, I had to turn everything. Uh, I had to have everything happen on the. Uh, um, yeah, and I think part of it would have been there really was no place to attach cables that would be structural enough to be able right. to support any weight going sideways like that. Wow. I imagine with, with the technology that we have now, like with the volume, it would be easier to, if you have the luxury of that technology to shoot a plate of, of the, um, of the gate room and then rotate it 90 degrees and, ha- yeah. and film them in front of it. I've been using the volume here in town a lot on, on these past couple of movies. I I used it. Uh, and so there's one in Vancouver. Uh, there's a small one and there's okay. a huge one. Okay. Um, the huge one was used uh, almost exclusively this past year for the last Airbender, right? Okay. Um, uh, but uh, um, for the most part, and it is massive. It's it's yeah, a crazy size. The one I've been using a lot has been for driving scenes. Um, uh, for fires, for things like that. Yeah. Um, I did a, um, uh, I did a, a movie last year where uh, I needed to use the volume for uh, uh, for two driving scenes, uh, two substantial driving scenes. And what we do is we take a Porsche Boxster um, and you put an array on top of it. And the reason you use the Porsche is because it's the right size to not see with the cameras that are all looking 360 degrees, like it's eight cameras and then one looking straight up. Um, and the, the Porsche is the right size to not be able to see the, the, uh, the car. Wow. <clears throat> and so then you just drive around with it, <laughs> you drive around wherever you want to. And you, uh, then you project that on all the screens all around you. And it becomes this crazy thing. I, in fact, I can show you a quick video. Okay. It won't be, uh, it won't be beautiful because it'll be uh, just off of my phone. No, it's all good. I love show and tell with Martin Wood. Um, but uh, this, what are we doing here? Um, this is uh, actually from Double Life. Um, let me just find the piece. So um, I'm going to show you what the volume sort of looks like to begin with. With nothing in it. Okay. Okay, where are you? I apologize. This is not. No, you're okay. I want to see this. This is worth it. Um, Okay. Um, So this is what the volume looks like with uh, just a vehicle in it. Okay. Okay. the registration screens coming on. Okay. Then this is what happened. You'll see that we're just driving. That guy with the board is moving the vehicle. So it goes up and down Uh a little bit like you're driving. Um, But when you come back to it here, there's Javicia and Pascal in the car. And it's got all the reflections everywhere. The every, and that's the, the beautiful thing about the volume, the reflections on the glass, on people's faces. You know, yeah. you get the correct tones and it's remarkable technology. Yeah, it really is. And, and there's no other light in that either. That's just, they're all lit by yeah. that. Uh, um, the first time I had to use the volume was, uh, we were, a very quick story, uh, for the, this another movie for CBS last year, um, uh, we were on our last shot of the night. We had set up a camera um, uh, on our hero uh, as she was. Uh, it was uh, um, uh, Jessica Camacho uh, was who we were, we were using in that. And Jessica was it was her close up, and she was acting with oh, uh, Jeff Gustafson. Jeff Gustafson. <laughs> Was uh, was on the other side of it, and and if you're a sanctuary fan, you know Jeff very well. Um, um, but uh, uh, Jeff was an agent in this thing, and he had he was talking to this woman, and we shot all the other coverage, and all I had to do was shoot uh, Jessica 
uh, in her close-up for the reactions to him. And it was about 2.30 in the morning. We were all tired. We uh, were on the 33rd floor of a condo downtown um, wow. uh, trying to be quiet because it's 2.30 in the morning. Right. And uh, we set up this last shot. I call for final touches. So they come in. Jessica comes in. She stands on the mark. Uh, they, they start doing final touches. And the fire alarm goes off. Immediate evacuation. Oh. We all have to go down 30, walk down 33 floors. Get onto the, onto the ground floor in the muster point, And we're all standing there going, oh, no. You don't we're have your dead. shot. They're yeah. not going to let us back up there. No. Not until they figure out what this, this fire thing is. And quite honestly, tomorrow, you know, we're, we're not here anymore. And it, yeah. it, we have to have night to shoot this scene because it's looking at yeah. these beautiful windows in this 33rd floor. Yeah. You and, can't make your day. You're, you're downstairs. Well, and the camera operator looks at me and he goes, well, we are in a light wall tomorrow. <laughs> and I went, wait a second. Send everybody home. Except for the DP wow. and the gaffer. And I walked up to the DP, Peter Stathis. I said, Peter, when we get to go back up there. Get the shot. Record on the background. Record two minutes worth of time. And then we'll just take it into the light wall. That's remarkable. So in this movie, and there's no way you can tell. We just put Jeff and, yeah. and uh, Jessica back in this thing on the light wall. And it looks like we're there. <laughs> And yeah, it's totally faked. Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah. Man, oh man. That that technology continues to blow my mind. I have been waiting for over a year to see 1899. It's now yeah. out. I can't wait to see this thing yet set on set on the Atlantic Ocean and what the, I mean that's a big one. I mean that is yeah. like enormous. Have you seen the show? Have you seen the trailers yeah. of this? I've actually watched I've watched a couple of episodes of it. Is it good? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it certainly is. It's it's not what you think it is right okay. off the bat. You get into it and you go, "Oh my god, wait a second!" What, yeah, what are we... it's. I love a good mystery box. I'm yeah. a sucker for them. So yeah. that's great. The technology that's coming, man, it, it's just making your jobs easier and in some ways uh, more com- okay. more complicated. I mean, think about Mandalorian for a minute, and if you watch the behind the scenes, they're making of yeah. uh, John Favreau does such a great job of saying, you know. The thing it frees you up about, and and he said this to any number of the directors that were there. I think it was Bryce Dallas, uh, uh, um, Bryce Howard, that he's talking to about it, or or is it Taika Watiti? No, it was it was one of the other directors that okay. I remember saying he, he came in after he'd done the previs because you do the previs, yeah, so that they can build these things for you, the, yeah. so the, the backgrounds can be built. And then he came in to shoot the show. And John stopped him and he said, what are you doing? He goes, well, this is what I did in the previous. He goes, you don't have to do that anymore. Shoot whatever you want. It, most of that was so that you could get it in your head. But yeah. but truthfully, you have the backgrounds built. That's what it was for, was to build what backgrounds you needed. Yeah. Now go um, to town. Now you can go. If you if you had it locked into a shot like this and you have to shoot this. No, you don't. You can come over here. You can come over here. You can go to, you can do this kind of stuff. Because they've built these now. And you sit there going, oh, yeah, previs is one thing. Like previs with, with Stargate was do it so that VizFX could make the movie that you wanted to make. But you were locked into those shots. If I want to do this shot, I have to do this shot. If I want to do this shot, I have to do this shot. Because what they're going to build is what they've budgeted for. Correct. It's money. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, uh, But now with that, with those environments being made, it's so much better. And like he says, you can do, uh, you know, eight hours on a sunset if you want to, man, which you've never been able to do before. You know, no. eight hours on a sunset, it'd have to be a map painting. <laughs> right. But now it's dynamic and it's actually yeah. happening. It's just... And truthfully with, with, and I mean, Mandalorian does such a great job of it because of his suit. Right. You see everything reflected everywhere. It's like he's wearing a space helmet all the time. Right. You know, and and that's when you really like that stuff is is and you're not even using the real, um, uh, um, the Unreal Engine for it because it it everything else can be low res for the yeah. resolution, or for for the the reflection. It's just that one spot that needs to be you know that you're looking at the camera's looking at that the Unreal Engine needs to take over with. And you were tinkering with that back in Continuum with with the jets. 
We were doing that. We were also, it was one of the things we first started talking about with, uh, with um, uh, both Sanctuary and Olympus. We had sets built that would track the camera. Um, the unfortunate thing was it was more than that. It was you had to, you had to pre-vis everything and have it built. Mm. And on a, on a series like ours, there was just no time. The Sanctuary would have been an entirely different show. Oh, completely. We, but you guys were breaking ground there, you know? Yeah, and I think that one of the things we fought with all the time was the, the this green spill. Mm-hmm. You know? Because any reflective surface, you'd still have that green spill. So cars, all those kind of things, everything was had to, you had to take the green out of. Right. Or lights. I remember watching the web version of Sanctuary. The guy goes into a sewer and he points a light at the camera and the, the light like hits like the edges of his his shape and that but there's no like it doesn't spill out like into the broader there's only so much that you can repair you know yeah. um but yeah, what what a, what a ride so <laughs> any new up, any updates on a sanctuary movie potentially i don't actually and okay. I, I that's not me being cagey i literally don't have uh, any update on it yet okay. i know that damien was working on a manifesto uh, <laughs> that was the last I heard about that, and I just got so busy with everything else. I haven't uh, haven't checked in. I need to check in with him. We need to get him on the yes. show soon to talk with him because it's, he's been so busy. So a lot of lot of good stuff coming his way. Um, the uh, I, I want to switch over. I, I want I have a lot of these to table. So hopefully, like oh. next year, we can get you back. Um, no problem. I have uh, some fan questions here. If I can get them up. Um, General Maximus, uh, a favorite uh, episode or Stargate memory working with uh, these various casts that stands out uh, to you years later? Like so many of these people you've gone on to work with on so many other projects. So asking the question again. Is there any uh, particular, for instance, Amanda Tapping. Is there any particular memory that you have working with Amanda on Stargate that stands out with you over all these years? Oh, 18 years of being with Amanda Tappick. Yeah. I mean, she was ridiculously good on everything she did. And, and which is why, you know, I did another series afterwards with her and, yeah. and then brought her into, uh, you know, into uh, everything that I did, you know, with Primeval and, you know, um, everything from that point on that I did, um, that I had any control over. I, you know, tried to get Amanda into Um so yeah, I mean there there was that there was there was, I mean it's it's so funny to talk about about uh, cast because I've done lots with Michael, I've done lots with Lexa, um, you know Lexa and I have done three or four series together, um, you know including Virgin River you mm-hmm. know, uh, and Michael too in in Virgin River in the first season, um, but uh, um, I mean all of those guys would do it. I I haven't seen much of Chris. Um, and Rick and I would occasionally talk to each other, you know, uh, for years, we, we sort of had, um, you know, occasional contact with each other. I haven't talked to him for a long time, but, um, and Momoa is, 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 uh, out there now that, oh man, can't get close to him if you wanted to, but, uh, <laughs> still the one person I remember, um, will always be embedded in my memory. Cause I did the very first episode that he showed up runner. Um, but then, um, uh, uh, he was the, the only person I've ever met in my life whose head was too big to go in a space helmet. Like <laughs> in a giant space helmet. You know how they fit around right. and they go like that? His head's too big to go in there. And he comes over and he goes, Marty, uh, this isn't going to work. Um, what do you mean? He goes, won't fit. I said, is it the dreads? He goes, it's my skull. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, that was that's great but there's been lots of of um of cast members that i i have tried you know in some way or a uh, shape or form to try and get into something i'm doing mm. um you know and and um, um a lot of that was from sanctuary too with, with chris hiredal chris hiredal i i mean again he's one of those people that He's he's godfather to my kids. Ah, he's um, a remarkable uh, guy. Yeah, and so I see him, uh, you know, 
personally I, I sometimes, but I can't get close to him um, if I try to get him on something because he's just he's doing everything right wow. now. Yeah, he's I've I've tried to get him on the show a couple of times now, and every time the age is like we're not doing any publicity right now. It's like I don't blame him. So yeah. it's just extraordinary. Yeah. And it's it's everywhere, you know. Um, I had hoped when he was here doing Peacemaker mm. uh, to be able to connect with him, and we we had dinner one night at a friend's place, and that was the last time we sort of got to sit down with each other. Um, uh, but people like like Chris were have I've always tried to, you know, Robin Dunn's another one where I, right. I sanctuary where I pulled him into a lot of stuff. Uh, Emilio Ularep, I've done a number of series with now, and uh, and um, look to her sometimes. But again from Stargate itself, because we used everybody on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did something else with Roger Cross when I did, uh, when I did uh, Dark Matter, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, Roger's another one I've tried to get out here a couple of times and he's just, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's tough to get a hold of something. I just finished working with Patrick Saboingi, um, right. Who I did uh, um, some work with on, on Primeval and uh, a movie with Luke Perry. Uh, he and I did it, but, Again, it's it, you look for these people that you that you love to work with, and it's it's tough. Uh, Terrell and I have done uh, three series, four series together. She did wow. Travelers. She did, uh, um, you know, she's one of those other ones. It's, it's ubiquitous. She can show up in so many of these different places. Teresa MC wants to know, Martin, what what do you think uh, personally uh, a new Stargate series has to bring to the table? If if another one does uh, come off the ground at Amazon, we know Brad's written a treatment for a fourth. Um, yeah, what do you what do you think it has to do? I gotta say, I mean, I I wouldn't speculate to what it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, the the formula that worked so well with Stargate was the cast, mm-hmm. so, the team, the cast. It was the team, um, and I mean, you build the world away from that team, right? Everything builds away from SG one, and and um. Uh, what was successful about it was it was a small team doing that. Now, Atlantis was a slightly bigger team and Universe was an even bigger team, you know, when you uh, when you get into that. Um, uh, but I think what what worked for it was this. The, the chemistry of those four people, um, uh, you know, the, the, the core group yeah. that were, were the, the team. Um, worked so well. And I think it came at a time when everyone was hungry for that kind of sci-fi. Right now, um, there's not a lot that is, is out there that is that kind of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. If you look at Stranger Things, Stranger Things is essentially the same thing. It's it's this little team. It is. The elements, you know, and that's what works with, with Stranger Things is this little team working on this, you know, and and for me, that is what is effective about Stargate is, that, you know, just getting this this team dynamic to work. Um, and I would love to see something like that come back where, um, I, I mean, the, the the program is ubiquitous. It can it can be anywhere. It can do anything. You saw it in space. You saw it on a different planet. You saw it, you know, um, so it's not like it has to be. Uh, Correct. Know, at the, bottom of, of uh, you know, Cheyenne, Mountain. Uh, uh, Cheyenne Mountain anymore. Yeah, there's always uh, government funding. <laughs> yeah, and truthfully, there's also there's also a million different places you could go. Like we, we, uh, um, when we did get to, to, deal, to deal on different planes, you know, um, uh, and you do get to meet your doppelganger somewhere, you know, um, and they're slightly different, you know, like like uh, McKay and Mrs. Miller when you get mm-hmm. to meet <laughs> the leather jacket McKay. Rod. Right? <laughs> yeah. You go, oh, yeah. Wait a second. All of that still exists. All of it exists everywhere. And, I mean, what's funny to me is I would love to see it run along the lines of a Rick and Morty, you know. Oh, Whereas, universe hopping. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, no rules, you know, when you get to that kind of stuff. you It's... But but I know Brad's brain. I, I did know Brad's brain well enough to to sort of say, Brad loves to root things in that kind of thing. And I and I mean I don't think that that part of Brad has changed because the the part of Brad that, that that we connected with all the time was we connected very much on that level of of this has to be whether or not the Stargate works, it has to be rooted in a physics that works. 
Right. And Brad's brain is brilliant at that kind of stuff. He can he can apply the physics to things to make them uh, believable in uh, with with uh, what is the word for it? Uh, um, I remember reading a, a true fact once that the Mayans were capable of FM radio, except for one thing. It never said what that one thing was. But, you know, the, the fact is that that they came that, that close. Yeah, yeah, that capability exists, you know, so so um, and and nobody but Brad that I know could do those kind of things, mm. could put that kind of thing together. Wow. So um, and I'm sure I've missed the mark on what he's he's thinking about pitching by you know 100 yards well that's that's brad you know he's always coming up with something that's like well i didn't see that one coming (laughs) i mean you can't do 17 seasons of a show of a franchise and have it be just you know a b c d you know it has to go into unexpected places we we went out and pitched a show together went to england we went into the states we went everywhere with it uh um, called light years and it was a beautiful concept. It was beautiful. And and unfortunately, I think that that it kind of got scooped in a in a not very professional way. And I, I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. It got scooped from us. And and the idea that he had, which would have made a way better show than what was made, um, would have been unbelievable and that for me was another of those brad Wright uh, uh creations where you sit there going i have no idea where he gets it but it when he when he locks into something he really knows how He's to make it. it happen yeah it's interesting you bring that up dan ben uh wanted to know have you ever seen something uh used from stargate or one of your shows without permission oh i just watched something the other day that had a stargate in it <laughs> I did. They, they do just, pop up all the uh, rather yeah. alarmingly. Yeah, and they called it a Stargate too. And I'm trying to think of what it was. Um, but it was it was virtually the same thing. It was just it was it was uh, the Stargate, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what it was, and it wasn't. It was like a week or two ago. Anyway, it is. Uh, oh, oh, um, um. Uh, Warrior Nun. Warrior uh, Nun. Oh, they had Nun. they had something like that. Really? And I mean, that Simon wouldn't have taken something like that. It's just that it actually makes sense for it to be yeah. what it is. The physics of it made sense for what they were doing, and and he did a very good job of making it not look like a Stargate with it. But I thought, oh, it's a Stargate. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you see that kind of stuff pop up. Um, uh. I have. I don't think I've seen anything that was not that that, that was like would, illicit. Okay, it would have been intentionally used. Okay. Like like I've seen I've seen Ronan's gun pop up a couple of times in different things. Where That's it's like, true. well, I mean, it's not. It wasn't. Our, we we didn't have pri- uh, priority or uh, proprietary, proprietary. Um, uh, hold on uh, the shape of a of a gun. You know, right. Exactly. And it made sense to have something that could rifle a pistol that would rifle a little bit longer barrel. So it, it but it did look kind of, you know, the same. And even looking at what's funny is the BFG behind you, the BFB behind you. Um, oh, the Naquita generator? Yeah, yeah, this is the top. This is the top of the BFG, the, the smaller Naquita generator for sure. Right. Um, and uh, and that I've seen pop up any number of times in different things. Oh, its brother is getting made right now by a fan of uh, oh, uh, a, a friend of mine who's who's actually worked out the larger one. Is he's, oh, he's extra- the, the craftsmanship in these fans are just extraordinary. And you know, if you knew how Amanda handled it the first day, um, I remember I remember where we were. I remember exactly where we were when we did it because there was a sun scorching the earth that we were at, and and uh, you were watching it roll in and. And Amanda was frustrated by that, by the the opening on this thing, and she was frustrated by it. And she stood up, and something that she was wearing got caught underneath it, and it tumbled off, and it just rolled. and And she's going, "Let it go, let it go." <laughs> oh gosh, jeez, um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway, it, it, yeah, there's some there's some things like that that are out there that sort of show up. It's it's interesting, like when you watch something, like if you watch 2001: A Space Odyssey, yeah. 
um, it, which is one of those those movies that I, I sort of have in my head. Um, and then you start seeing things from it, like like uh, the the the, the uh, uh, when you see the Death Star, right? And you see the exact same portal into the Death Star that that the uh, the Pan Am ship is coming into, uh, um, you know, on the on the base. You're like, oh, that's interesting how that affected, you know, uh, uh, George Lucas and how it affects. So it's it's those kind of things, and they're homages more than they are, you know, ripoffs. Yeah. <laughs> well, go. I mean, if if a design element works, use it, but make it your own. You know. Yeah. So I have not seen any Zatnikatels around. I don't know why. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably some porn movies that are used in them. I uh... I can only imagine <laughs> for sure. Martin Wood, producer, director, Stargate, sir. Thank you so much for for joining us uh, uh, once again. I. I Hopefully we can get you back uh, in the, at some point in the new year here uh, and uh, continued uh, best uh, wishes for all of your, uh, all of the work that's, that's coming your way, man. This is great. I appreciate it. And, and good luck with everything that you're doing with this, uh, David and Summer. And uh, the fact that you guys are, are um, uh, taking this the way that you are, it, I think it's great. And I, I will always be here for you to talk to. Anytime. I appreciate you. It's just a matter of time before before Amazon does something with it. And so we're just going to we're going to ride that wave as long as we can. Yeah. Good so, for you guys. Thank you, sir. You have a great holiday and uh, we'll be in touch with you in the new year. Thank you very much. OK. You have a good one, sir. Bye bye. Martin Wood. Producer and director from Stargate SG-1 and Atlantis. I, I think he has a production credit on, on Universe as well as a, a, a consultant. Um, always uh, excited to have him and uh, have him join us. So this coming week on Dial the Gate, actually, if I can get my right screen here. So Wormhole Extremists, that was Martin today. Andy Frizzell is joining us next Saturday, December the 3rd at 12 noon Pacific time. She was the Wraith Queens on Stargate Atlantis. And followed by Jenny Steven and, and Darren Sumner, we're going to discuss the state of the gate. So bring all the, the current Stargate news and what's going on with the new series and with Amazon uh, owning MGM. That's going to be one hour later at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday, December the 3rd. Tomorrow, if you want to do a live rewatch with us, we're doing The Broken Divide and The First Commandment. And that's, okay, that's an Apple ad. Very good. <laughs> that's going to be over at uh, the Wormhole Extremist channel. And so if you want to uh, look in the details pane of this uh, particular uh, video, you can actually see uh, the link to Wormhole Extremists below. I've uh, I've gone ahead and added that there. So tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time, we're going to start the Broker Divide and the First Commandment. A little bit of banter before and after. Just make sure you have your own copy of the episodes. And you can join uh, me and uh, Nicole and Evie, the Wormhole Extremists, for our live uh, rewatch. Uh, holidays are here. And Dial the Gate is brought to you every week for free, and we do appreciate you watching. And if you want to sh support the show further, buy yourself some of our themed swag. Certainly someone on your list, your Christmas list, your Hanukkah list, your Kwanzaa list, your holiday list is a Stargate fan. Surely, please, possibly. We are now offering t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, and hoodies for all ages, as well as cups and others, accessories, and a variety of sizes and colors at dialthegate.com slash merch. Thanks so much for your support. I think that that's all uh, we got here. Teresa MC, Martin asked, wanted me to ask Martin, how would you cast David Reed in a series? That would, I, <laughs> I was going to ask him that. Uh, I don't, I can't imagine. Uh, where I would get a background performer for sure. Uh, Dan, Ben, are there any references to Stargate and other shows or media that you have liked to put any references to something in Stargate uh, or one of your shows? Um, there is, I think Stargate has been used successfully at a number of, uh, I guess that's, no, that's, that's a question for, for Martin. Never mind then. That's not a question for me. Um, I, I love, the South Park episode in Sheepshin, because I think they brought Chris uh, Kurt Russell back for that episode, and they're definitely using the Stargate as well. 
Thanks so much to uh, to Summer and to uh, Tracy for making uh, uh, this episode possible as the moderating team. Uh, and continued thanks to Anthony, uh, Reese, Jeremy, and Keith. Um, my producer, Linda, Gategabber Fury, and Frederick Marcou at Concepts Web. He is responsible for keeping dialthegates.com up to uh, snuff. We're going to be rolling out a new version of that apparently uh, soon here. He's got he's got something in the works. That mastermind has always got something going on. A big, uh, tremendous thanks to Martin Wood for joining us uh, once again. He's always got fascinating stories to tell and, and stuff to share. And uh, we've that's what we've got for you today. So join us next week for Andy Frizzell and state of the gate and tomorrow for the wormhole extremists all of those dates uh, and schedules are available at dialthegate.com thanks again for tuning in everyone my name is david reed and i'll see you on the other side dial the gate is hosted and executive produced by david reed the producer is darren sumner co-produced by linda fury the composer is neil acri animations by bryce ors the production assistant is jennifer kirby Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Homel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. Dial the Gate.